Welcome to SARC Talk. SARC is a nonprofit cancer research organization that develops and manages clinical research trials in pediatric and adult sarcomas. SARC Talk is a podcast to discuss activities of SARC, interview sarcoma research leaders, and review scientific initiatives in the sarcoma field. Welcome to SARC Talk, episode number 10. My name is Scott Okuno. I'm a medical oncologist at Mayo Clinic and Chief Medical Officer of SARC. All episodes are posted on our website, Spotify, YouTube, and our SARC channel, and wherever podcasts are available. Please subscribe and submit comments because we do like them and we do change our, our format as we go along. Our guest today is Dr. Roberta Sanfilippo. She's an adult medical oncologist at the Institut National Tumore in Milan. Her areas of research interests include liposarcoma, leiomyosarcoma, and uterine sarcoma. She is a leader of the gynecological working group of the International Leiomyosarcoma Roundtable. She is the PI of the Italian and International Trials on Sarcoma and Uterine Sarcoma, and she is one of the coordinators of the Italian Network of Rare Tumors. As most of our podcasts are, we like to cover themes of mentorship, collaboration, how we all can generate ideas, and where we are in our vision going forward in the next five years. It is our pleasure to welcome Dr. San Filippo. Welcome, Roberta. Good morning, everyone. First of all, I want to say that I'm honored to be your guest today. So thank you very much for this great opportunity to share my passion and my experience in soft tissue sarcoma with you, Dr. Okuno, and our listeners today. Perfect. Well, thank you. And as we shared a little bit earlier, we don't get that many perspectives of oncology, specifically sarcoma, outside of the United States. So this is a great opportunity to hear a little bit of uh, maybe the similarities, which I know there are a lot of, and maybe some unique opportunities for us to collaborate and some of the challenges that you, as a treating adult oncologist in sarcoma face. So Dr. Sanfilippo, tell us how you decided that you wanted to be a sarcoma oncologist. Well, uh, when I was graduated, my dissertation was about GIST. So I can say that it was love at first sight. <laughs> Indeed, I graduated in Palermo. And after my graduation, I decided to go to Milan to keep going to work on soft tissue sarcoma as Milan as tradition was, and it still is uh, the first sarcoma center in Italy. So I moved from Sicily to follow my patients about, about sarcoma. So it was started very early in your career that you said, hey, this is something you had passion for. You did bring up um, Milan, and Milan, as you know, is a known renowned cancer center for sarcoma. How did that relationship go from where you were in university to Milan? Uh, well, the relationship were and are still very good. Even inside the Italian Rare Cancer Network, there is a big collaboration between, between Spoke and Up Center in Milan. So it was easy for me uh, to come in Milan and um, started working with Paolo Casali, which, uh, who is my mentor and uh, who is uh, still my guide in my work about soft tissue sarcoma. 
we've had several guests on our podcast that have talked about the importance of mentorship. And Paulo has been a mentor to not only you, but also a lot of us as we've gone through our sarcoma journey together. Um, can you describe how that mentorship has helped you? And more importantly, how do you think it's helped you be a mentor to other people as well? Well, when I started my experience with him, Paolo gave me immediately uh, a topic to working on by myself as responsible, a domain uh, in our group which I could carry uh, by myself. Of course, with his support and his guide, but also in charge of it. As you said before, indeed, in our group of medical oncologists, all dedicated to soft tissue sarcoma, I am the leader of liposarcoma, leiomyosarcoma, pecoma. And this, for example, recently resulted in a paper published in clinical cancer research uh, in, in collaboration with the leiomyosarcoma roundtable about low-grade leiomyosarcoma. Indeed, uh, it has been here uh, years I followed Stamp and Paolo gave me immediately the possibility to develop this uh, topic and focus on that uh, from a clinical and a research point of view. So we still uh, uh, work together on it, but I am in charge on that. So now I am trying to do the same uh, with my young collaborators and with my fellow. I try uh, to make sure that who works with me uh, has the possibility to cover some items as a research leader. It's a Dr. Fabroni, and we are working together, but at the same time, with my guide, she um, uh, will be the leader of some topic uh, which are starting to settle, like, for example, the issue of the preoperative diagnosis uh, uh, of uh, uterine leiomyoma, leiomyosarcoma, and stam. Dr. Sanfilippo, you did highlight a couple of things that I think we just probably want to make sure people understand. The relationship that you've had with your mentor, Dr. Paolo Casali, has really fostered because he allowed you to run things and do activities and be around that. And I think a lot of us as mentors think that we have to own it all, but the reality is there's so much to do <laughs> You just have to let people do it. And I know you've worked with Kiara Fabroni as well. And I've seen you kind of work with her and mentor her in the stuff that you do together. And you allow her to do things and, and take the rein and and um, allow her to, to get the credit for things. Although, you know, clearly it's been mentored along the way. This is a unique thing that I see happen in your Milan group there. How do you see that working with other groups in sarcoma? And you're smiling there because you know, yeah, because at times it might not work that well. And we just want to hear that a little bit. Yes, that's true. Uh, I am lucky to have Paolo Casali as a mentor because really, uh, I think that you really can grow up only if you have something that you feel yours, that you need uh, to grow to dedicate it that you need to carry on uh, because if you always follow what your mentor do and you don't have the possibility to do by ourselves yourself uh, you lose something in the long way the long run i mean so it's a unique possibility and i am grateful for that we have to be willing to fail allow our mentees to fail because that's how we all learn 
you know, part of this too, as we think about the networks that we've all developed along the way, some of us don't have the opportunity to have formal mentors within the institution. Now, you're very fortunate you have multiple oncologists in your unit, but many of our centers might only have one or two. And that might be what you see in your other spoken hub groups. So how do you make sure, or how do you allow teams of the spokes to be mentored because they, they're, they're isolated a little bit more? Well, we have, uh, in this case, uh, uh, two different organizations. We have a healthcare network, which is the Italian Rare Cancer Network, which is a healthcare network with hub and spoke, and allow the peripheral center where soft tissue sarcoma are treated to improve the quality of care because you give teleconsultation to your colleagues that ask what is the better way to treat these patients with specific sarcoma subtype. And uh, this is from a clinical point of view. From a research point of view, we have the collaborative group of Italian uh, sarcoma group uh, with a lot of young collaborators and uh, uh, guided by Silvia Stacchiotti. And we try to uh, organize, to settle a lot of meeting and working group to be sure that even the young uh, people, the young oncologists, uh, have enough space to develop uh, their research inside. So what we're hearing, though, is it takes a lot of infrastructure, a lot of support, a lot of collaboration. One of the things that we're quite impressed with with the Italian group, your group as well as your network, is you guys are able to publish and perform a lot of clinical trials. Can you describe to our audience how those ideas are generated and how do you get from an idea to fruition? Because we always see the end result when the published data, but I know it takes a lot of work to get it done. And how you kind of suggested that there is fostering of ideas, but in a limited financial situation, you guys are able to do a great job with a lot of publications. Thank you. Well, first of all, I believe that the good clinical researcher is the one who makes the right question before to investigate something. And in Milan, we are a center with high patients volume. And uh, as I am dedicated to specific topic at the same time, this helped me to follow the clinical reality uh, of uh, some specific sarcoma subtype to understand better the clinical behavior of the disease, uh, the sensibility or not to new drug. And uh, this make you more sensitive to research topic and your new idea to improve the outcome of your patient. Then, of course, uh, you have to use your network uh, to share your ideas and make sure that uh, uh, your topic, uh, your idea uh, is um, shared by the other expert in sarcoma and make it possible inside some uh, networking collaboration like Italian Sarcoma Group or ORTC. I have to be a little careful here because we, uh, Sark had a meeting along with NCI uh, this last week, and it was SAS meeting, very similar to the Fortress, which is a high-level um, basic science, the study of what's really sarcoma biology and mechanism. So it was a really great meeting. 
But ultimately, we have to translate that into clinical trials. And you suggested the best clinical trials come from clinicians who see the patient, know the right questions that we need to answer. And it's not one or the other. We have to have them merge because you can't just go off with an idea without the basic science. So we part of that is to say, yeah, SARC is an organization that does clinical trials. We love to generate ideas that come maybe from the basic science, but we also need clinical trial ideas that come from the clinicians who are seeing the patients. So how does the Italian sarcoma network meld that clinical aspect along with, you know, I need a little bit more data on the basic science biology and mechanisms, and do you have that set up, and, or how is that set up within the Italian structure? Well, here in Milan, we have a lab meeting every month and we have a clinician in the past that we have Dr. Sandro Pasquale, who, is, who was born as surgeon and now switched to the lab. And this helped to have a link between preclinical and clinical issue. And uh, we work very tight. We have some uh, uh, models, uh, for example, mouse models about uh, uh, liposarcoma, leiomyosarcoma. We really uh, work in a tight way. When a clinician has a new idea about a drug, uh, we try to use it uh, in um, some mouse model, for example. We share experience from clinical to the preclinical model. And in this way, we try to make successful uh, the preclinical uh, uh, finding into clinical trial. Yeah, you're, you're quite fortunate. And part of what we're starting to think through as, as an organization as well is if you're a clinician with great ideas but don't have those touch points with basic science or your institution does not have the basic science component, how do we kind of start to collaborate outside of our institution to generate those ideas and help foster. And that's where networks do come in. You're one of the coordinators for the Italian network of rare tumors. Um, we think all sarcomas are rare, but you know, sarcomas are not the only rare tumors that are part of your rare network. Can you share kind of lessons learned with other rare tumors outside of sarcoma as you are participant or coordinator of uh, the Italian network on rare tumors? Well, the Italian network on rare cancer is still a work in progress, even if uh, the idea was launched by Paolo Casali in 1997, so many, many years ago. Uh, creating and uh, giving shape to a healthcare network uh, as I uh, already said, the Italian Red Cancer Network is not a research network, uh, is a clinical network. And it is linked to an European reference network in Europe, in which Paul and our group is the coordinator of the sarcoma domain. So it was a project born in Italy many years ago, now in a some way replied in Europe, and uh, it consists to share clinical case of rare cancer. Of course, uh, I don't take care of all rare cancer, but uh, as coordinator, uh, we mm, select hub uh, and the spoke center, 
and uh, uh, we make possible teleconsultation between the expert and the peripheral center. The final goal, of course, uh, is to improve the clinical care of our patients. Uh, even if, uh, I have to say in the end, when you speak about rare cancer, it is not possible don't speak about research at the same time. And indeed, even if Italian uh, Rare Cancer Network is a healthcare network and not a research network, in the end, you are collecting clinical case of rare cancer. And this resulted in the past in some published paper about ultra-rare sarcoma, for example. Well, you know, we, uh, ESMO had their meeting with rare tumors just in sarcoma. Uh, recently in in Switzerland, as you know, and I I learned a lot of the philosophy behind how clinical trials, how you get drugs approved uh, with very rare tumors. And I think we can share a lot because when we start to get into the field of PCOMA, because I know you published in PCOMA as well, and that's a rare tumor. So lessons learned of how we do studies, the data we use for those rare tumors, I think it's transferable to any rare tumor, but it sounds like the plant or the evolution since 1997 is more of a clinical aspect, but ultimately we can learn from it. So we look forward to kind of hearing a little bit more of better research collaboration study designs of these rare tumors. I know that, your, some of your colleagues there have been really pushing that agenda because statistical validations are different. So I don't know how do you see us now moving and if the baton has been handed over from Dr. Casali to to us as a next generation, how do you see us moving forward in this rare cancer space and not just lumping all sarcomas as sarcomas and designing big phase threes because you've designed smaller histology specific things. So I'd like to hear, we'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, thank you for these, um, for these questions, because uh, um, yes, there is a big issue of rare cancer is of course uh, uh, the design of clinical study. Um, we should work uh, uh, with regulators uh, to make sure that the level of evidence uh, in rare cancer could be different from the big killer. Uh, because uh, uh, have you seen recently uh, that some have been published some uh, uh, paper practice changing like Mirogacestato on the smoids, Tazemetostato dempitelioid sarcoma. And uh, of course you can see that uh, even for PECOMA, the same for PECOMA, you can see that uh, the effort, the successful of this paper and the successful of the uh, evidence of activity of this drug in soft tissue sarcoma was uh, to focus on a single histotype. Uh, this is the key uh, to better explore the activity of a new drug, but on the other end, given the rarity of this subtype, it makes very hard to set a clinical study, as you already said. Uh, So we should work uh, with regulators to be sure that uh, for rare cancer, we don't need to enroll thousands of patients in randomized clinical study, but a lot of work to do to, to get it. 
you know, you highlighted some rare tumor ES, epitheliosarcoma, picoma, that our regulatory group in the United States have very have looked at it and have given us the ability with phase two data to get approval. I know there might be different challenges in uh, Europe and those regulatory bodies, but I do know that you guys put consensus papers together quite a bit to help shape and direct regulatory. And, you know, we tend not to do a lot of that in the United States. You know, we collaborate, but maybe you can describe to our audience how consensus papers have been formed and then more importantly is how does that help influence regulatory to help get drugs approved and covered in in Europe? Well, it's still a work in progress, to be honest, because of course, uh, uh, consensus paper can help, uh, is um, like a, uh, a work to prepare the dialogue uh, uh, with regulatory with regulators but at the same time in europe things are not so easy uh, for example in europe we don't have access to checkpoint inhibitors maybe in us uh, uh, patients with uh, an insurance covered can get some checkpoint inhibitor in europe this is not possible uh, because we have the health system that cover all the drugs for all patients, but they need to be approved and the constraints are very, very strict. So uh, it is not so easy in Europe for our patients to have access to the new drug. The same is, for example, for Tazemetostat. Tazemetostat is approved in US and I think that uh, um, American patients uh, can get it. This is not possible in Europe because uh, EMA did not approve the drug. Uh, for repretinib and avapretinib in GIST, we had the possibility to get the drug a few months ago and it has been two years that the EMA approved the drug. So. We have really to work a lot to give the, to give the possibility to our patients to have access to this drug. So it, it is true, we are working on consensus paper, on guideline. All these um, are some sort of tools to improve the dialogue again with the regulators, but there is still a lot to do. Yeah, so we'll probably get back to this a little bit. These are the challenges that, you know, active clinicians, sarcoma clinicians know the studies that have been published on these drugs and but can't get them. And here in the United States, we're very fortunate uh, to have them. And a lot of what happens here in the United States is based on the NCCN working groups, compendium, et cetera. Uh, and it's mostly US based and I know you, Regulators look at that as well, but uh, we'll, we'll continue with the discussion because you're right. Ultimately, we want these drugs for our patients, and if it takes time and hurdles, uh, we got to continue to fight those battles. You and I met originally through the National Myosarcoma Foundation, uh, and we meet quite regularly. We do have our yearly meeting, and can you? Um, Tell the group a little bit about your work group, the gynecology work group for the National Lyomyosarcoma Foundation Roundtable, 
and how that has helped you know coordinate concentrate your research efforts and publication so well first i am honored again to have the possibility to coordinate such a working group um, because it, it's really a great ex opportunity to share experience with other sarcoma experts from all world and uh, especially to build a multidisciplinary group focused on a research item, which is not so easy to, to have. Uh, also, in my specific case, we are speaking about uterine sarcoma, and the challenge of this working group uh, is to try to find a collaboration between two communities that as tradition didn't talk in the past, gynecologists and medical oncologists focus on soft tissue sarcoma. So uh, we are trying to harmonize the approach to the disease and this is still a challenge. The other big challenge um, of this working group is to make uh, uh, working together US and Europe in uh, not sponsored study. Uh, indeed, the transatlantic regulation issue are not easy to solve, of course, uh, even if it can be easier for a company uh, to run sponsored clinical trial, uh, open even US and in Europe, it is not easy for an invest, um, uh, to settle an investigator-initiated clinical study, even if observational uh, between US and Europe. So what I would love to do is uh, that is what uh, uh, is doing uh, the TARPS group, for example, the transatlantic uh, um, working group on retroperinotoneal sarcoma. I am part of this working group. And um, uh, it was successful even in uh, uh, interventional study, but they started with observational study. Uh, this uh, helped to build some network and now um, they are successful even in interventional studies. So we hope to do the same. You know, we do appreciate Dr. Sanfilippo's leadership of us um, overseeing and uh, being a leader of this work group because it takes a lot of time and effort and it's a building process, not only in the U.S., but also across uh, in Europe and England as well, trying to pull together experts, not only in the clinical realm, but the imaging realm, the biology realm, pathology realm. It, there's a lot of work in that space. But if it starts in the last couple of years in this space, hopefully it can translate to Tartswick as well that you'll start to do interventional studies. And we're trying to just break down barriers of saying, let's do a retrospective here, shared tissue so we can get some data. That's a huge amount of work just in itself, and I know that you've been working hard on that, so we do appreciate that. But, you know, papers are coming out of it, and um, we have a meeting, and maybe by the time this gets posted, we would have already met already, but we do have a meeting of the National Lab Myosarcoma uh, Work uh, Roundtable at MD Anderson uh, in September next week, um, and hopefully we'll have presentations and updates of where we are, and we look forward to hearing updates from your team as well as keynote speakers during that part. So we look forward to that time. I know that we hinted at that there are practicing differences that might occur. 
access to drugs. But a lot of things are very, very similar. And maybe you can share with our audience in the clinical realm. What is the couple, one or two things that really are challenges for you in the clinic as you see patients in Milan? We are not so lucky to have, like in U.S., uh, to have the infrastructure that help you in clinic, uh, like, for example, practitioner, nurse, secretary. Um, the clinician have to do everything. But at the same time, maybe this helps you uh, to really follow the disease of your patients. As uh, are you in first person that uh, follow your patient from the starting from the, when this is started to the end uh, when it's happened, unfortunately, for your patients. And uh, there are some institutions uh, where uh, you can you follow your patients all inside the clinical study. Here in Milan, he is not in that way because we follow uh, patients not uh, only inside clinical study, but we are... Uh, um, focus on the histology. So we really are focused on patients from the beginning of the disease to the cure or to the end of the life. So this is different maybe from US, I don't know, but it helps even if it is not easy to take care of all the infrastructure and that's regarding the clinical issue. Uh, I already mentioned the difficult to have um, the drugs and uh, just to stress our uh, difficulty in this field, which is uh, very big again. Uh, and uh, again, I am really lucky because I have the possibility to share my experience with our lab group. So if we can make some observation during our clinic. This can generate new idea uh, for our preclinical colleagues. And this is a sharing uh, experience, of course. Many of us clinicians, no matter where you practice, we feel as though that our infrastructure is not adequate, that we want to only do certain things as well. So I think we all of us at some level share that maybe the pressures that you have in the infrastructure might be different, but you've been very successful of, as you said, coming up with ideas, having collaborations, gaining insight, as well as then, you know, sharing your experiences through publication. So as we think about this, Dr. Sanfilippo, there's a lot of things that could happen in the next five years, and we're not asking you to predict what's gonna happen in the next five years, but if you're sitting here, which we are, and we're starting to think about where do you think we should be going in the next five years in you know, sarcoma, we like to hear those thoughts because then we can start to build the infrastructures around that to make sure that uh, at least we get closer to some of the uh, areas where we wanna go. So what are some of the thoughts of where we think we should be going in sarcoma in the next five years? Uh, well, as I said before, if I look to, to the last uh, uh, published paper, Practice Changing, I think that the key 
is still to focus on single histotype. And uh, I think this will not change in the future, even if uh, uh, today the use of NGS added new information to the single histology. I don't think, for example, that in the close future, uh, diagnostic approach to sarcoma uh, can be the real key to move the things on and to have access to new drug. Uh, so if we speak about the future of sarcoma, I think that the, the key uh, is still to focus on single histotype and uh, working in a multidisciplinary way to improve, of course, the outcome. You brought up the word, and I think it's important to know that many of your papers that you have published have been practice changing, not only your papers, but also the Italian network. And we rely a lot on those practice changing multidisciplinary studies and how we start to approach and think about uh, sarcomas. But I do think the Italian group has really worked hard to have this histology specific aspect. And I think if we would take one takeaway, collaboration and histology specific is gonna be important. The challenge we see is a lot of our histologists are further subdivided and that gets closer and closer to the rare, ultra rare tumor type. And I think that's what we're gonna find. And we've learned that in lung cancer, not all lung cancer, non-small cell is the same. Should we treat them all the same? Well, we're not, we're treating them all differently. And maybe that's the same thing for LMS of the uterus. There, there are probably multiple subtypes and we'll learn from your working group that there are. And then how we start to target those drugs. So I think this is gonna be an exciting field and we just have to kind of keep pushing, nudging histology specific uh, studies. Thank you. So Dr. Sanfilippo, thank you again for your passion and thoughts on sarcoma. Um, You've clearly been a positive influence uh, to myself, uh, the National Myosarcoma Foundation, to the Italian network and your patients, and you know to the mentors that you have um, been a mentor to other people. Do you have any other thoughts for us as, as we come to a close here in our episode? Well, I only can uh, be grateful today for this opportunity really to share my experience with you. Uh, I hope uh, to keep uh, uh, on work uh, into collaborative network because this is the key on rare cancer. And uh, I hope that even if in rare cancer, we can find young collaborators with patients uh, to dedicate uh, uh, to this challenge tumors as uh, they really are challenging and they have so different aspects from the big killer. And you really need to be very passionate if you want to dedicate it on that. Well, awesome. I do know Dr. Sanfilippo is willing and accepting to have young investigators part of the work group. Uh, we'll put it in our show notes, uh, the contact for Dr. Sanfilippo because she's definitely wanting collaborators and um, as we say, she's a great mentor to all of us, so we do appreciate that, so thank you. So for those that are listening, now please share this SARC talk with those that are interested in sarcoma. Please leave comments and suggestions because uh, we'll continue to uh, evolve our uh, SARC talk. As Dr. Sanfilippo said, we are a work in progress, all of us are. 
Our next uh, topic in uh, next month will be Dr. Trent. He'll be talking to us about a topic that Dr. Sanfilippo knows very, very well is uh, PCOMA. So we'll hopefully hear a little bit more about PCOMA. And uh, Dr. Sanfilippo has also published on this as well. So you can look through her uh, publications and hear about how that study was done. And we'll bring a special episode specifically. And we'll hear what Jonathan has uh, put together. And I know, Roberta, you know Jonathan very well is, uh, in, our, in our circle. So perfect. So with that, we thank everybody for listening and we look forward to a great day and look uh, forward to seeing you guys at the next Sark uh, Talk. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a Sark Talk. To find out more about Sark, please visit our website at sarktrials.org. To suggest a topic or for questions, please email us at sarktalk at sarktrials.org. The Sark Talk series is made possible due to funding from Adi Biosciences. Together, we can find a cure for all forms of sarcoma.